You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smale, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smale. Steve Berg played in the National Football League for eight teams during a 21-year span from 1977 through 98. One of the best-loved teammates around, he was probably best known for laying the groundwork for Hall of Fame quarterbacks who replaced him. He was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback before some guy named Joe Montana. He was with the Denver Broncos when they acquired John Elway in 1983. After leaving Denver, he preceded Steve Young with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you sensing a pattern here? He may be known as a journeyman quarterback, but he threw for more than 34,000 career yards and ranks in the NFL all-time top 20 in attempts, completions, and yards. He even played with what one teammate called a tinker toy pin sticking out of the pinky of his left hand. Oh, and he did that for three games, two, the final two games of the regular season and a playoff game. Anyone who covered the Kansas City Chiefs during his four years here uh, knows that he always had a smile on his face and see already he's got that today. So, Steve, welcome to Sports Connections. Thanks, Dave. So let's start with how you became a quarterback. Uh, apparently, there's a fun story behind that. Well, um, it was in high school, and um, I actually uh, I, I played all the sports. Uh, my main sport was track. Um, I did, you know, uh, a lot of events in track. I, my my number one event was the pole vault. Uh, I was actually the number two pole vaulter in the state of California. Um, had Olympic dreams of pole vault and. And then I was an outstanding uh, baseball player. Uh, I was a good basketball player, and and I really hadn't played football. Um, and and so, uh, you know, my first year in high school, uh, I you know I figured I, I would go out. I didn't know what position to play, so I you know I I was pretty fast and and I had big strong hands and you know I was I, I had good hand eye coordination. So I, I just thought receiver. So I. I uh, you know, try it out. And uh, so they, they just said, you know, just get in line wherever you think you should play. And so I got in the receiver line and <clears throat> I was there for less than a week and the offensive center got hurt. And so they looked around and, you know, I was kind of one of the bigger guys. And so they said, DeBerg, uh, you're going to play center now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I played center until I was a senior in high school. Wow. And, and, and honestly, uh, the only way that I lettered as a junior um, on the football team was as the long snapper for uh, punts and field goals. You know, because I could, I could throw the ball even under my, uh, between my legs, you know, pretty good. But anyway, so I, I never was a, never dreamed of being a quarterback, um, but I always loved to throw a football. And I, I was always the first guy out, you know, for practice to play catch, you know, and then. Uh, and then after practice, I would play, I would, I, I would stay and play catch, you know, so I just, I just love to throw, but I never dreamed of being a quarterback. And then um, my senior year in high school um, and really kind of the way that I uh, was discovered as a quarterback was, is it was on the basketball team. And, and anytime, anytime the, the see the, the basketball coach was the offense coordinator, quarterback coach for football. And, and he was the basketball coach too. And so anyway, so when, when a team would full court press us, they, he would always have me take the ball out and I could palm it since, you know, from the time I was 13 years old and I would throw it the length of the court. Our, our guy, you know, they, they, 
pressed the forecourt and then the, they got the dummy in the back. So we, they would all take off for, for you know, the other end and I would throw it you know, for, basically for a layup. And, and uh, so that was my, that was uh, during my junior year. And then, and then after that uh, season, basketball season was over, the basketball coach uh, said, Steve, I want you to come out and go out for a quarterback. Because if you could throw a basketball like that, you probably could throw a football pretty good. So, so I'll never forget the very first play that I ever ran in practice was a guy running a go route on my right side. And I threw this perfect pass to him and, and then the coach said, Steve, I want you to stay at quarterback. And, and so I did. And um, my senior year, first year I ever played quarterback, um, I threw for the most yards in the state of, of uh, California that year. And, and I was just a natural. And I, I really didn't – I never even dreamed of, of doing it. And, and, you know, basically prior to me playing quarterback, I really didn't enjoy football. You know, I was a center. You know, yeah. <laughs> a backup. A backup center. So anyway, so so um, that's that's how uh, you know I was discovered as a quarterback, and I it it actually was just by chance, and and uh, you know I was so so thankful that uh, you know the coach asked me to try to play quarterback. You know, and and that the your senior senior season is what got you the scholarship, San Jose State, if I remember correctly. Well, uh, actually, actually, uh, out of high school, I signed the national letter of intent with uh, Washington State. Oh, okay. And, and and then and they told me when they were recruiting me, which was like in December, in uh, you know after the football season of my senior year, they told me I couldn't go off a track. And and at the time, I, the only way I was going to college was on a scholarship. And and so I said okay. And then my senior year in track, I improved like I always did, you know, my whole career. And, and I still had this dream of the Olympics of being a pole vaulter. So, so I actually went to um, junior college so I could do both. And so I went to Fullerton Junior College and I, and I, and I did both. And, um, and actually what uh, started happening was I started filling out uh, – you know, just putting on weight and stuff. And I couldn't handle the, the weight. Um, and I didn't improve in college with pole vault as much as I had my whole life. And basically I had to improve almost two feet every year, you know, and, um, and I, I hardly improved. So, so then I uh, decided to really commit to, to being a, a quarterback and, and trying that. So, so um, the thing is uh, my freshman year in uh, junior college, I didn't play. I was on team. I didn't play. And, and, uh, you know, we had a, a, you know, a good quarterback. I thought he was, I thought I was better, but the coach didn't. And so then, my, then my um, sophomore year, I was all American and all that. And, and, uh, and then I signed with San Jose state and, um, and went there. I, I redshirted my first year and which w was, was good for me. Cause I was really green. You know, I was very raw. And, and so then my junior year at San Jose State, uh, we had a really good, we actually ranked number nine in the country uh, that year. And uh, they, they um, again, they picked another guy and, and, and we just kept winning. And so I, I, I didn't play as a junior. I, 
it's easy to count. I threw 10 passes and completed five my junior year in college in, at San Jose State. And so, so we had a good team, and the whole thing was we, we just don't have a quarterback. And, you know, we got this DeBerg guy and, and don't know anything about him. And, he, you know, and so anyway, um, then that year, uh, you know, I was the most valuable player in the league and, and, you know, and all that and got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the 10th round. So um, that's, how, that's how that started. Okay, so it was just basically taking advantage of opportunity, maybe waiting a little while for that opportunity to come about, but taking advantage of opportunities uh, when they came up. It, it, as we've discussed, uh, I'm friends with Tim Grunhardt, and he calls it your Cali attitude. Did you have as much fun playing as it appeared that you were having? Yeah. Well, the, the thing is that I just was so – I appreciated so much that, that I was even I, – I really didn't think I was going to make the NFL for one year. And, and, and when, it, when it started, it still appeared to be that. Um, you know, I was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys – and, and uh, for some reason, and I've always credited um, Roger Staubach for the reason I made it in the NFL. For some reason, he just took me under his wing. Um, he, didn't, he didn't have to or anything, but, you know, and I was just, I was very raw. I, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I just could throw, I, you know, I could throw the ball well. And, and um, so uh, all training camp, Roger Staubach, uh, you know, helped me out and then, I actually got cut the last cut and then, and then signed with San Francisco. And, uh, and then I was just there, you know, it was, it was the, uh, the first regular season game. And, and so, so I get, you know, I signed with them and, and the, the uh, offense coordinator quarterback coach just said, Steve, I don't have time to train you. I got to get Jim Plunkett ready. Here's the playbook, you know, catch up as fast as you can. And so, you know, I, I barely practiced. I, uh, you know, I was, I was barely there. And so I still was thinking, you know, you know, I'm probably not even going to make it this probably my last year. Well, the, the, the next year, uh, they changed head coaches and a guy named Pete McCulley came and, uh, he, he came from Baltimore and trained Burt Jones. And anyway, so this, this head coach, uh, took, took a liking to me and he personally trained me all off season with weights he lifted weights with me and then took me out and threw it and we threw and all this stuff and uh so so the uh the last cut of uh this is 1978 the last cut uh you know i i thought i did really well and and i th i thought for sure i was second string and and you know to jim plunkett and uh you know the 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 day of the last cut, you know, we, we, everybody was sitting at their locker and this, you know, the, the Turk, yeah. the, the intern guy that comes and tells you, Hey, the, uh, grab your playbook. The head coach wants to talk to you. Well, the, the guy came up to me and said, you know, Steve, uh, the head, head coach wants to talk to you. And I was like, what the hell? And, and uh, so I was like, Oh man, I'd really thought, you know, that I did good. So I go, I go up to Pete McCauley's office and uh, I walk in and he says, he says, Steve, uh, you better sit down for this, you know, and he says, 
you know, man, I was, I was really proud of, you know, all the things that you did and improved and all that stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, just get to it. You know, he <laughs> <laughs> to butter me up first. And then, and so he, he butters me up and then he, then he says, Steve, do you think that you're ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? And I mean, how, how do you answer that? You know, the, the truth, I want to say no. <laughs> and of course I say yes. Yeah, yeah, you have to say yes. And he says, well, that's good. We just cut Jim Plunkett and you're our starting quarterback. I was like, oh, crap. You know, so, 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 and then he told me, see, now I was thinking, uh, you know, I'll be second string. Maybe I'll get a chance to play at the end of the season if we don't have a winning record. Yeah, I was kind of my mentality and in all training camp, I just was throwing rockets, you know, just every throw was a rocket. I was kind of a, a fool with throwing, you know, trying to prove an NFL arm. And, and so anyway, so uh, I really wasn't studying the playbook all that much, you know, and so Pete McCauley says, okay, you're a starting quarterback and I want you to call your own plays. I was like, oh my what? God, <laughs> what? <laughs> And so, so uh, I did, and, and I was, I never slept. I never slept for an entire season trying to figure out, you know, it's, it's third down and five yards on the plus 35 yard line against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know they're going to blitz and what am I going to call? <laughs> <laughs> and I just would have nightmares, you know, I just couldn't sleep. And, and so anyway, uh, because that happened. Everything happened exactly the way that it had to happen for me to uh, become an NFL quarterback. And and that year, I was the worst quarterback in the NFL and was paid the worst. I, my, my, rookie, <laughs> my rookie contract was $17,000. And so uh, anyway, so, so the thing that happened was because he made me call my own plays, I learned so much about the game and that's exactly what I needed to have happen. I mean, it's rare that, uh, you know, a, a franchise in the NFL would, would, you know, would do that. Yeah. Um, and we, and we were, we went two and 14 and, you know, we were terrible. I was terrible, but the, uh, the result of that. So now the next year, Bill Walsh comes and, um, and he drafts Joe Montana in the third round. And, um, uh, you know, and, and, and Joe was good. Joe was very good. Um, but but uh, the, he, he, he didn't play as a, as a you know, a rookie. And um, that year, I actually improved so much in one year and really kind of goes back to Roger Staubach to begin with. And then and then them them starting me and having me play when I really wasn't prepared and and call my own plays that year in 1979 Bill Walsh's first year I broke the all-time NFL record for the most completions in a season in the history of the NFL. Wow, that's how, that's how far I progressed. And you know, of course, it was Bill Walsh's West Coast offense that was brand new to the NFL and and and, and all that stuff. I mean, that was. Uh, you know, tremendous part of it was the coaching, yeah. you know, but, but my development, you know, had, 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 you know, moved along. So we'll, we'll get, Steve, we'll get into some specific memories with each of your stops uh, here in just a second. 
you know, I've already learned that that the uh, Alfred E. Newman, what me worry, uh, at least outward appearance was not completely, completely true that you you were preparing, you were learning how to prepare and stuff. But how did that 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 approach of, hey, I, I can only do what I can do. How did that help you last so long in the NFL? Well, um, you know, I just I just appreciated so much that I even had the opportunity to play in the NFL. And, and um, you know, I was just so thankful. And, and, and the one thing that I was going to do is try to take advantage of the opportunity I was given. It was a rare, very special opportunity. Um, and, I, and I was uh, fortunate to be exposed to Bill Walsh at the beginning of my career. Mm -hmm. um, I was fortunate to be exposed to Tom Landry and uh, Dan Reeves was offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, and, 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 and Roger Staubach reached out to me. So, it, it, you know, with all those things, and I, I honestly, at the beginning, uh, when I was a rookie uh, and being in, in a um, training camp with the Dallas Cowboys, I wrote down every word that, that Tom Landry said, that Dan Reeves said, that Roger Staubach communicated to me and, and, uh, um, and, and I did that throughout my entire career. And I, I, the one thing that I'm the most proud about my career is that I continued to improve every year, you know, and, you know, my best years were my, my later years, you know, and, 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 but I was exposed to some, some outstanding coaching, and and um, and I put in the work. Let's let's uh, touch on some of some of your favorite memories, um, and we'll actually hit all the stops that you made. Uh, I'm sure you have uh, favorite parts of each of those stop each of those stops. Let's start with Dallas. I know you were only there during training camp, but start with Dallas in '77. What sticks out besides the the mentoring by Roger Staubach? <laughs> the thing that stuck out with the Dallas Cowboys was, okay, so, so um, the year before I was drafted, uh, Clint Longley and Roger Staubach had an altercation and, and conflict, and they got rid of uh, Clint Longley. And so they only had Roger Staubach and, and Danny White, and they wanted a young – Roger at the time was about 38. And, and so they, they, they were, it wanted to draft a future starting quarterback – um, and they thought this guy, Glenn Carano, who was at the University of Las Vegas, they thought that he was the best quarterback prospect in the draft. They thought he would go in the first round. Well, that year, um, the Dallas Cowboys traded up to pick Tony Dorsett, number one in the mm -hmm. whole draft. And, and then, and then uh, this Glenn Carano <clears throat> didn't, didn't get picked in the first round, so they traded up to pick him the first pick in the second round. And, and then, and then they picked me in the 10th round. There was 12 rounds back then, I think. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so, so the very first time I ever met this Glenn Carano was the very first, uh, it was a, a quarterback camp and where they had their quarterbacks and the receivers and, and, and back then the draft used to be in February. And, and so, uh, so we're flying out there for this first mini camp, you know, for quarterbacks and receivers and, and I, I'll never forget, uh, we both had a layover in Houston to go to Dallas. 
And, and I remember seeing Glenn Carano for the very first time. And he was, in my mind, he was a Greek God. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he you know, was just all muscle and, and uh, he, he just, and I swear to God, I said to myself, that's what a quarterback looks like. <laughs> and so anyway, so I was, I was very intimidated. And so, so we go and, and, you know, and then we go out to the first practice and we're actually, me and Glenn Corner are playing catch. He's got a receiver next to him and I got a receiver next to me and we're throwing to the receiver and then the receiver gives it to the quarterback. So we're, we're doing that warming up. And, 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 you know, again, I was just, at that time, I was just trying to <laughs> trying to show that I had a strong arm, you know. And, and so anyway, it, at that very moment, within five minutes, we had a complete role reversal. Because I'm looking at him throwing the football, I'm going, holy crap, he's awful. He, he, can't, <laughs> he, can't, he can't throw a spiral. He can't, he can't throw it hard. You know, and, and he's looking at me going, Oh shit, that guy could really throw. <laughs> and and so, anyways, uh during during that uh, uh my competition with Glenn Carano, um I uh I, I did. I outperformed him daily in practice. I outperformed him every preseason game, and it came down to the last cut. And and I'll never forget they the equipment manager called me in the morning. We're going to do a team picture at one o'clock. And he called me in the morning and he said, Steve, uh, how do you spell your last name? You know, I know you got a capital D and a capital B. You know, how do you do you want a little E? You want to have all capitals? How do you, how do you want it? And, and I was like, why are you asking me this? And he said, you probably could figure it out. You know, so I was like, holy shit, I made it. <laughs> so anyway, so so then I got a phone call from um one of the coaches and he said, uh, Steve, the, um, the picture has been delayed by two hours. It's now at three o'clock. And so I was like, okay, fine. And, and, uh, um, then, then, uh, the next thing that, uh, a couple hours later, I got, you know, the, the phone call to come, uh, come see Tom Landry and, and I was getting cut. And what, what actually happened was Dan Reeves, the, the organization was split on Glenn Carano and me. And, and Dan Reeves, the quarterback coach, offense coordinator, um, was, was telling the organization, the quarterback of these two that's going to have a 10-year career is Steve DeBerg. We made a mistake with this Glenn Carano guy. And, and, and um, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The old general manager. Nick um, Schramm. Neil Brandt. Neil Brandt. Neil Brandt and the scouting department were like, no, we get, we traded up. We gave this guy a big contract. We, we thought he was the best quarterback in college. We have to give him a chance. And Dan Reeves is going, I'm telling you, Steve DeBerg's the one that, that should stay. And he was, so, so anyway, so they, then they actually tried to trade Carano to see if they could get what they invested in him. And they couldn't. There was, there was too much film at that point. And so I got cut and, 
um, so, so then, so that's what I remember the most, you know, about this. Then, then, then the extended story of that is so then, uh, so I cleared waivers and, um, so now I'm a free agent. And that morning, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers called me personally and said, Steve, our third string quarterback, um, just got picked up and, and we, we want you to be our third string quarterback. And, and I said, you know, okay, but I got to talk to my agent. And they said, well, okay, uh, we'll give you 30 minutes, but, but we got we to move fast because, you know, other, you know, we'd have to, you know, uh, approach somebody else. And so I called my agent and my agent uh, said, Dodd, you know, well, that's, that's good. But the San Francisco 49ers, um, so, so the Steelers offered me a contract. The San Francisco 49ers called my agent and they said, uh, we want Steve, we want to do, uh, have Steve work out this afternoon for a tryout. And cause they, they, uh, they had, uh, Pat Sullivan and, and there was, there was, uh, three other guys in me. So anyway, so, so, uh, you know, I went to San Jose state, you know, uh, you know, San Francisco is right there, you know, and it's California, you know, so, so, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll take the chance. I'll, I'll, I'll go do the tryout and um, pass up on, on the for sure uh, Pittsburgh thing. So I went and did this workout and they, they offered me a contract walking off the field. You know, so, so that's how, that's how I started at San Francisco is, and it was, you know, I kind of took a chance and kind of bet on myself, you know? Okay. You've talked about some of your, your memories uh, in San Francisco, setting the, the record for completions, I think it was. Um, what, uh, what else stands, uh, stands out in your, your memory? And I was just looking at, at the, what you sent me. What else stands in your memory in your four years in, in San Francisco? Yeah, so, so uh, like I said, my, my, uh, Bill Walsh's first year, my third year, and, and Montana's first. Um, and Joe didn't, didn't, um, you know, play that year. I uh, played very little. Um, and so that was, uh, uh, that was my third year. And I signed a three-year contract as a rookie. So my contract's up and here I, I just broke the NFL record, you know, and, and, and the thing is that, uh, when, when, when Joe was a rookie, he made like $20,000 more than me and, and didn't play. You know, I was like, you know, that's not fair. So I'm doing this. I'm doing the contract. And, and I told my agent, you know, that was that was not fair. I don't ever want that to happen again. That shouldn't happen. Yeah. And so, so uh, you know, my my agent um, included a clause and the San Francisco 49ers agreed to it. that If I'm the starting quarterback and I play 60 percent of the offensive plays, and there's another quarterback on my team that uh, has a higher contract than me that I get his contract plus 10%. And the 49ers agreed to that. Right. So, so you know, okay. And, and uh, so then, then uh, so that, that was before the uh, um, 1980 season. And so that's going to be Joe's second season. That'd be my fourth well, so, so uh, that season, uh, Joe and I kind of split time. I, I, I kind of played the first half of the season. And he played the second half of the season. 
and he played well. And he, you know, uh, I knew he was going to be really good. And and so um, so now it's uh, 1981, and it's uh, um, and and me and Joe are really battling for the starting uh, quarterback in training camp. And and um, that year, Dan Reeves became the head coach for the Denver Broncos. And, and he really believed in me from my rookie experience. And, and so, uh, so the, the 49ers came to me and, you know, Joe got named the starter and, uh, the 49ers came to me and said, Steve, uh, there's all these teams that are interested in trading for you. Um, but they all are having a problem with this 110% incentive that's in your contract about somebody else's contract and you get their contract if, you know, if you're the starter. And, and so they, they said, if you take that out, you know, we'll be able, we'll be able to almost let you go wherever you want to go. And so, so I said, yeah, okay, I'll take it out. You know? So then I got traded to Denver. So, um, you know, uh, I became a starting quarterback, um, the, the first year I was there, uh, I backed up um, uh, Craig Morton. And then the second year, uh, you know, I became a starting quarterback. And, and now my third year there, um, they trade for John Elway as a rookie. And, and so uh, we're, going, we're going along. And, and uh, you know, he was, he was you know, great. He, you know, he, he, was, he was great. Um, he, did, he did fantastic in preseason, you know, but – um, regular season, preseason aren't the same. And, yeah. and so they named, they named him the starting quarterback uh, for the first regular season game at John Elway. And, and I, I was kind of bummed out. I didn't, I didn't think that uh, he had beat me out, but, but, you know, it, but, but that's okay. So anyway, so we play our first game and uh, we're p- playing Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, he was, he uh, John had a really bad game, really bad. And, and, and so it's, it, there's about, there's about three or four minutes to go in the game. And uh, we're, we're, it's, it's a uh, 10 to nothing. We had a good defense, 10, nothing. And, and so Dan Reeves puts me in. And so I got two drives, scored touchdowns on both drives. We went to game 14, 10. So now it's the, it's the second game. And we're playing Baltimore, who he said, I will not play for the Baltimore Colts and I'll play baseball instead. They hated him. So we go there and it, it is uh, the loudest boo noise I've ever heard in my life. And anyway, John struggled again. And uh, same scenario happens. You know, we get uh, late in the fourth quarter. Um they're ahead by 10 points and, and, and I go in, score two touchdowns, we win. And, and so now we're coming back to Denver for the first regular season game in Denver home game. And, and I thought they gotta start me now. You know? <laughs> and, you know, obviously John's not ready. And, and, you know, I've done nothing but come in in the fourth quarter and win. And, they named John Elway the starting quarterback for that game. And I was like, what do I got to do? You know? And so uh, we, you know, uh, we lose. And, um, 
so anyway, it went a couple more games. And then, and then, um, I don't know, this is about uh, maybe the fifth game of the season. And I, you know, I haven't started yet. And so uh, after the Wednesday's practice, the, uh, the media comes to me and they say, Steve, we now know why they won't start you. And it's like, tell me what <laughs> they said, you got a clause in your contract that says that you get 110% of John Elway's contract and John Elway signed the largest contract quarterback contract. He was the highest paid quarterback in the league as a rookie. Yeah. And so, and, and I was like, no, no, that's not true. That, you know, I took that out. They go, no, no. John McVay just, I think, uh, was it McVay? Uh, Beak, John Beak. John Beak. And it was his first year as a general manager. And John Beak just told us that. So I was like, oh, I'm crap. So, so, you know, I take a shower. I go over to John Beak's office. Walk into his office. And he's not in there. So I sit, sit and, and uh, I see my contract on, on his desk. And I'm like, then he came in and, and he's like, Steve, you know, I, I, uh, I was shocked when we, I, we can't start you, <laughs> you know, you, you, um, you have a, a clause in your contract of 110%. We can't pay John Elway's contract t- times two, you know, yeah. and, you know, if that, if that were to come true. And, and I said, no, no, no. I, I took that out of my contract. He's like, Steve, it's right here. Here's the page. You know, um, <laughs> I said, I, 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 I did a, uh, you know, I, I, I nullified that, you know, I did a, I, that's how I got traded here. And, and he's going, nope, nope. I went through the whole thing. I was like, let me see it. You know, I said, and the contract is pretty thick, you know, the last page, the last page, there it was. And he's like, oh my God, because he had just told the media. <laughs> you know, and so, and so uh, the next game, I'm starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I won six games in a row. And, and, and then, and then I, I uh, blew my left shoulder out and, and uh, um, you know, missed the, the rest of the regular season game. I came back. Uh, and, and played in the playoff game started. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was quite an event. <laughs> and so from, from there you went to Tampa Bay yeah. and, and they signed a, a guy out of the USFL who yeah. had a pretty good career in his two years in the USFL named Steve Young. Did yeah. you ever think at any point, and we'll get to your memories in Tampa Bay. Did you ever think at any point, Oh, here we go again. When am I going to be the, the golden boy? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it just happened that the teams that I was a starting quarterback for, they had an opportunity to get the next Joe Namath, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 you know, Steve was, was really good. Um, we kind of split time. Um, and then, and then um, my, my, um, well, with Steve Young, so I'll tell a Steve Young story. So the last game of the year of uh, Steve Young's second year, so he came in 85, this is 86, and at the end of the season, he was a starting quarterback. And so we're playing uh, the um, 
St. Louis uh, Cardinals. And, and if we lose this game, we're guaranteed to get the number one pick in the entire draft, Vinny Testaverde. Uh, and, and if we, if we win it, then there's another team that, that if they lose, they would get the number one pick. So uh, uh, Steve Young's playing, and, and I'm signaling plays to Steve Young. So the coach would tell me to play. I was signaled to Steve. And I've never <laughs> experienced this in my, in my life, is they were calling plays to fail. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so if they know – you know, the, the situation is, is they're going to blitz and they're coming from the right side of the offense. We're going to run a running play right into it, you know, and they're <laughs> down and eight, you know, and, and Steve Young's out there going crazy, you know, because yeah. you know, and he come on the sideline and go, what the hell? This is the, you're calling, you know, plays to fail, you know, and coaches was, you know, deny it and everything. But uh, so anyway, so, so we, we did lose the game. And, and after the game, you know, uh, Steve was just, he just broke down, you know, I mean, he, he, he did not, he wanted to win that game. So but he didn't want Vinny Testaverde to come, you know, he wanted to, you know, yeah. say, you know, be the, be the star quarterback for the Buccaneers and make that happen. But, uh, you know, the Bucks had other ideas and, and so anyway, we lost. And, and so now, uh, it's 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 the off season and and so they're going to trade either me or Steve, and Steve had more value value he was he was more talented than me he was younger he had way bigger upside and and so uh, I, I I remember uh, the day that he got traded to uh, well the rumor was that San Francisco was interested and and he was like and then it was going to be Steve and he came to me and he's like, you know, this is, this is awful. This is the worst thing that could ha possibly happen. Joe Montana's there. And I said, I said, cause I had been with Walsh. I said, Steve, this is the best thing that is going to ever happen in your career. You're going to go there. You know, Joe's getting to the, you know, his later years, you're going to learn from Bill Walsh. They got a great team, you know, and this is going to be, this is going to be a blessing. And he, he just didn't, he, he, he couldn't see it, you know, but, but uh, you know, that, that is how it happened. So, so then now I got Vinny Testaverde, number one. <laughs> so I got, I got four guys <laughs> at the beginning of my career that uh, were, you know, uh, the next Joe Namath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I didn't, I didn't realize that you actually for a short period got reincarnated as Alex Smith. And so you were actually the chief starting quarterback when they drafted Pat Mahomes. Uh, I hadn't, hadn't realized that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. um, other, other memories, I guess you, you said something and when we talked earlier about um, John McKay's last game with Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, our record, uh, you know, we're, we're going into the last game is John McKay's last game. John, John McKay uh, was, physically ill that year actually halfway through the season the doctor said his blood pressure was sky high he was losing his vision because of mm. it um and they told him you have to stop coaching you know you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself you're gonna die on the field and he's like i ain't i ain't quitting I, you know I'm, I'm 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 gonna finish out this year and it was he he had already told everybody it was his last year so this is his last game 
very last game of the year, we're playing the Jets in Tampa. Our record is five and ten, and their record is, I think, the same. And 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 so the game means basically nothing. Um, although our running back James Wilder needs uh, like 125 yards to break OJ Simpson's all-time all-purpose yards in a season. You know he's our running back, and mm-hmm. and, and he was a great receiver. He 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 was an amazing player. So that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to get uh, we're going to get James Wilder this uh, record, all time record. So we start playing the game, and and it, you know, the media had been talking about it. And so anyway, the Jets knew kind of what our plan was. And McKay play McKay's the offensive play caller. So we start we start running the football, and it is going nowhere. It, they, they, they knew what we were trying to do and they just were loading up. And so, so uh, McKay at about the beginning of the second quarter starts calling passes and every pass is gashing them for 20 yards. I mean, we just, we just go down and score. And, 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 and uh, so, so it, it gets to the end of the game and, uh, uh, it, there's, uh, we score, we score a touchdown, uh, uh, with about a minute and 30 seconds to go in the game. And the announcer go on the PA, it's a home game and says, and James Wilder needs 27 more yards to break your all time NFL record. And, and McKay goes, Oh shit. <laughs> so, so he, he, uh, calls. So we just scored. He calls the kickoff team and, and he says, onside kick. And you guys are ahead at this point. We're ahead. We're ahead uh, 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 something like 34 to 3, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> he goes, onside kick. And, and uh, so we onside kick. The freaking ball bounces out of bounds. And back in those days, it's just a five-yard penalty. You got to kick again. So he goes, onside kick. Again, <laughs> the crowd's going crazy, you know. <laughs> so outside kick, they get the ball. So so now he calls McKay calls the defense over and says, I don't want a single person tackling the guy with the ball. I want them to score as fast as possible. And so and so they, they don't know this. So the first play they run a 12 yard out and the guy catches it, goes out of bounds, you know, and then and then the next play. Uh, you know, it, it, it was inbounds and, and the guy's running for a touchdown. The guys are getting out of the way. And Joey Browner, uh, very talented, but not the smartest player. He, he goes, he's going to swipe like he's going to, well, he clips the guy's foot and he falls on the five yard line and McKay calls timeout. <laughs> McKay calls timeout, brings the defense over and says, it's a snap of the ball. I want 11 guys standing in the end zone. And so they score the next play. Now they onside kick in, in, uh, and we get the ball. <laughs> so that, now there's like 35 seconds to go in the game. And he goes, we got no timeouts. We burned our timeouts trying to stop the clock. <laughs> so, so McKay says, all right, we're going to go sweep right, sweep left, sweep right, sweep left until the, the clock runs out. Well, uh, the crowds go crazy, and 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 uh, James Wilder ends up not getting the record. Mm. 
the NFL, McKay, you know, that was his last game. The NFL uh, fined him for integrity of the game. (laughs) He didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard heard that that he was one of the all-time characters in the game. I mean, my all-time favorite sports quote, regardless of sport, was late in the second season. And the Buccaneers still had not won a game, but they played pretty well in this game. And the press asked him, you know, so what do you think of, of your team's execution? He says, right now I'm in favor of it. I mean, that's, that's famous, a famous line, but I, he must have been fun to play for. He was, he was. Uh, and one, one, one thing um, about McKay, you know, that last year, uh, you know, James Wilder was a great running back and he was the best player on the team. And, and, uh, McKay was getting his, he was losing his vision and he, 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 and he was a play caller. So he would run James Wilder, you know, a a lot. And, and he would run the running play toward our sideline. So McKay could see more of what happened. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm the quarterback and I'm thinking, are these people not picking up on this? <laughs> you know, this is the NFL. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, but yeah, that was that was uh, another part of yeah, you know, McKay. You know, he he was a character. All right. So then, from Tampa Bay, you came to Kansas City. Um, I will I will tell you. I alluded to it in the in the introduction. My all time f- favorite Steve DeBerg moment, probably not yours, was when you played and you had the, the pin, I think the first game and then the cast game, and you'd say, we're number one, you'd hold up your yeah. pinky finger because yeah. you, broke, you broke your finger. Just talk about how that happened. And, and, you know, and I'll, I've got a question later on about your toughness and, and we'll go back to this, but just talk about how that broken finger happened and the fact that you played in the very next game. Yeah. Okay. So um, this was a big game. We were playing uh, the Houston Oilers. And Warren Moon, actually, that game Warren Moon threw for the most yards in the history of the NFL. About five some five hundred something, yeah. yeah. And so anyway, so it, it was a it was almost a playoff type game, but it was very important for both of us for the playoffs. And so um, it was, I think it was in the, it was in the third quarter, and and so I saw uh, an all out blitz. So, so I audibled to an all out pass protection and I got, I sent both of my receivers, uh, Stefan Page was on my right. And, and uh, anyway, so, so I, you know, I audibled and sure enough, they did an all out blitz. And, and so uh, as I'm dropping back, I'm peeking and, and Stefan Page is, is winning, you know, on his go route. But I'm not going to have – all I'm going to be able to do is go five steps, hit, and th- get it out of my hand. And, and so that's what I do. And, and, I mean, they were all over me. And, and you know, it's just it's typical. And, uh, you know, just playing in the NFL, this happens all the time. And I get it out of my hand, and then I got, blow, I got blown up. And I'm laying on – it's a home game. I'm laying on the ground, and – you, you do this all the time. I'm just listening for the fans to tell me if he caught it or didn't catch it. And they, and they erupted, you know, and he caught it, you know? So, so, uh, um, you know, and this is, this is, uh, 
like my um, uh, 14th or 15th year in the league, you know, so, so I know how long I can lay on the ground and then, and, and I have to get up uh, in time. If you lay, you know, a certain amount of time, like, like eight seconds or something yeah. the referee over you, then he'll stop it and, and the referees come in. Then you have to go out of the game. I, I never want to come out of the game. So I got up and I start, start jogging, you know, 40 yards down the field. And the referee comes up to me and he grabs my arm and says, Steve, Steve, you got to go out of the game. I said, no, no, I got up. And, and, and he says, well, you need to look at your left hand. <laughs> so I said, what? Uh, I, I looked and, and the end of this finger was sideways like this and every heartbeat my blood, the, the blood oh. shot out like this. I was going, oh, maybe I should go out. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so I, I go out, I go out and, and, you know, they take me in and get it. Ex- well, no. So, so the trainers come over and, and so it's, it, you know, it's, it's sideways and, and squirting every heartbeat. And so uh, the trainer takes it and bends it straight. And, and at that moment, uh, that was the most pain I ever felt in my entire life. And, and uh, mm. so, then, so then they took me, you know, into the locker room, into the x-ray thing, and, and they x-rayed it. And they said, Steve, your finger is shattered. It, it was broken nine places from one, it, both two face masks. Uh, so I was like this when I threw it. And two face masks hit this finger and shattered it in nine places. So anyway, so so uh, so they put a popsicle stick, you know, right here and, and taped it, you know, and and uh, so the, so I'm sitting there and I mean this is a big game, and uh, and I said so I'm looking around and I said uh, and and they're going they they're going Steve you can't play, and I said okay, and so then so then I saw my helmet. <laughs> and so, so uh, they got distracted for a second. I jumped up and I went and grabbed my helmet. I start running toward the field down the tunnel, and and the doctors are yelling, "No, Steve, you can't go in. You can't play." And I'm, I'm just, so so what happens is so I'm, I'm the the doctors are chasing me, and so I'm not going to let them catch me. So so I run out the tunnel and. I, I, and I'm hauling ass. <laughs> and, and so the crowd thinks I'm okay. So they go, yeah, he's good. <laughs> so I run over to the sideline and, and uh, I run up to a Schottenheimer and, and, uh, um, and, and he says, can you play? And I said, I don't know. You know, uh, he said, so he says, go, you know, go take snaps. You can, you can play. So I go over and, and uh, so I grab Mike Webster. And, and I said, Webby, give me, give me a snap. So I, I took a snap and whew, when that ball hit, hit my hands, it, it just, it, you know, a shockwave went through my brain. It was like, it, t- it took me about five minutes to get my composure. And then I said, okay, okay, let's do this again. Just do me a shotgun. So, you know, I, I, I could, I could, you know, I got, I got really big, good hands and I could catch a shotgun. And so, you know, and I took, I took a whole bunch of them and I, you know, I was, I got, so I went over to Schottenheimer and, and the doctors of course watching me like a hawk. So I go over to Schottenheimer and I go, coach, 
I could play, but I can only go in the shotgun. And the doctors swarm it and they go, Marty, he can't play. He can't play. His finger's shattered. You know, and I haven't, I haven't had a shot of Novocaine, nothing. And, and, and he turns to me and he goes, and, and we in uh, Houston had just gone ahead. So it was, it was like a two minute drill situation. He goes, he goes, Steve, can you really go? And I said, yeah, I can go. He goes, okay, you're in. So I go in. <laughs> so I go out. And I, I, I finished the game. Next day, next day, they put in three pins. They put one, one through here this way, put one through here this way. They put one all the way down and it was sticking out, you know, about, you know, it was sticking out about, about that much, you know, about quarter inch or so. Uh, and, and, uh, and then they made a cast of it, you know, and, and, and I was able to, you know, I was able to keep playing. That's, a, that's just amazing. I, I, I remember, I didn't remember that you came back in in the same game, but I remember you playing the next game and I remember thinking, this guy's nuts. <laughs> but it just, that story is hilarious. That's one of the best ones I've ever heard. You also sent me something about when uh, Montana came to the Chiefs. Now you weren't with them anymore. That yeah. You stole his helmet? So, uh, no. Okay, so the, the, the beginning of that story is now Joe and me were best friends. Okay. We, 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 we were roommates, uh, you know, when we were with the 49ers. Uh, he was my roommate. I, I, I always had this special connection with all the quarterbacks I competed with. You know, I, I, I love to compete. And I, my, my most enjoyment comes from competing with my friends. You know, whether it's golf, whether, you know, anything, throwing darts, playing, playing cards, whatever, anything. I love competing with my friends. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I always, always had a really great friendship with the quarterbacks that I was on the same team with. And, jo- and it started with Joe. And, and so anyway, um, so, you know, Joe, you know, went on and, you know, you know, became great. And, and so anyway, so, so this is 1992. In 1992, I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and uh, Vinny Testaverde is starting and we're playing San Francisco in San Francisco. Okay. And, and, and so I'm, I'm the backup. And this game is going to be Joe Montana's first game. He's going to suit up in a year and a half. He had elbow surgery um, I think the, uh, his last game was the Super Bowl that they won. And then, and then it was a year and a half. Uh, so this is the, that game where he's going to suit up. He's not going to start Steve Young is, uh, but, but this game he's going to suit up. So anyway, so, um, I, I, I always go to the game, you know, real early, but I'm not starting. So I just go on the first bus. If I was starting, I, I would go on a, a taxi two hours before that. So, so I go on the first bus and, you know, I'm the oldest player in the league and obviously the oldest player on the Bucks. And so I sit, no coaches are on the first bus. So I sit in the very first row and where the coaches would sit. And so I'm the first person off the, off of the uh, bus. So as I go into the visiting locker room at San Francisco uh, field, um, Everybody that was in the, the uh, locker room before the players is standing just on the inside of the door. So I open the door and here's all, all these equipment guys and trainers and everything. And I thought, you know, that's 
odd <laughs> what what they're doing. So I walk over to my locker and they all follow me. And I'm like, I sit in my stool and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they, they yeah. all kind of start giggling and stuff. And they go, hey, uh, does your locker look, look normal? And so I turn around, I see my jersey and I see pants and yeah, yeah. And so then they start kind of cracking up. They go, well, you know, maybe you should look again. You know, do you see your helmet and shoulder pads? And so I turn around. My helmet and shirt pads are gone. And so they had, ah, Joe Montana came over and stole them and said, you got to come over to the 49er locker room and say hi and get your stuff. <laughs> I was like, that's some of a bitch. <laughs> Freaking Montana. Yeah, and so, so I go over there, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and I, I get my stuff and we have a big laugh, you know, and, and, and so, so, you know, that was, that was a, 92 1993 he gets traded to the Kansas City Chiefs which is my that's that's my team that's that's where I had my heyday you know and and so as it as it you know turns out uh the first regular season game is Kansas City at Tampa on national tv you know Joe Montana's first game with the Kansas City Chiefs and 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 during that offseason, they traded Vinny Testaverde to the Cleveland Browns, and now I'm the starting quarterback. You know, and I'm I'm 39 years old in my 17th year. And so uh, you know, from the time the schedule came out, I was like, what what I you know, I gotta get Joe back. That was a that was a good one, man. He stole my short pad helmet before the game. Let <laughs> me come over to their locker. Who does that? <laughs> yeah. and so, and so, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what, what could I do? What could I do? It was all the way up to the week of the game. And it was like, it was Thursday, the week of the game. And I'm telling people the story and trying, you know, you got any ideas and nobody, nobody could beat it, you know? So anyway, so I'm telling the equipment manager and, and he's and the equipment manager after me telling them the story, he says, she says, Steve, I, I got something in the locker room. Uh, I don't know if you could, you know, work with it, but but I got I got a pair of size twenty two football <laughs> football shoes that they made for Shaquille O'Neal when he was playing for Orlando, and and uh, and, and they were orange, you know, Buccaneer orange, and and so I said, oh, man, can you paint those Chief red and and uh, you know let me let me borrow them? And he's like, yeah, yeah. So 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 now it's the day of the game. So I go over, you know, or I'm starting. So I'm, I'm there way early. So I go over to the chief's locker room and I know everybody. It's just been two years since I, you know, had been, been there. And uh, so, you know, say hi to everybody. And then, and then they're like, you know, what do you, you know, uh, what, what, what do you, what do you, what's with those big old giant shoes? And I said, oh, so then I told them the Joe Montana story from the year before. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm stealing Montana shoes and putting these ones in there. And, and, and then, so then I put up a poster that covered his locker and it said to Joe, I'm tired of you following in my footsteps. My shoes are too big to fill Steve DeBerg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I I meant to, I was hoping to tell a story and here, It just so happens that a guy 
took a picture of me and Joe out uh, on the field. And I don't know if you can see that, but uh, it's, it's me and Joe laughing about him getting me and me getting him. And uh, that, that is my favorite picture of my entire career. You know, just, you know, it's just, you know, you make friendships like that in the NFL. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Okay. Let's just, <clears throat> we're, we're running out of time here. Uh, other fav- fond memories of uh, your second time in Tampa Bay, your uh, partial season in Miami, and then coming back, uh, being out of football for four years with Atlanta in 98. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me just get to, uh, to the last year. Okay. So I okay. coached, I, I retired, uh, you know, in, in 93 and, and then I coached for the New York giants with Dan Reeves and uh, I was coaching Dave Brown and he wasn't very good. And anyway, uh, five years later, um, uh, five years later, um, uh, I started, my son was going to be a, uh, a freshman in high school and he, he was going to be a quarterback. So I started working out with him, you know, in, in 1998 in the off season. And, and, uh, and I, I just was doing the drills and stuff, uh, to get back in shape. You know, you, you get out of shape as a coach and, and I, you know, I started doing throwing drills and stuff. And, and, you know, I was really surprised at how well I could throw the football. And so anyway, um, I came up with this idea of making a comeback and, and, uh, and my, I, my, my idea, my thought was to be a third string quarterback. And I thought that I could be the most influential third string quarterback in the history of the NFL. I had coached in the NFL. I, you know, I was the oldest player in the NFL from the time I was 35 or 36 and, and, you know, plague till I was 39. And, and anyway, and, and, uh, you know, never, never step on the field. I could help the players understand the, the game plan. I could help the coaches design the game plan um, and, and never play, you know, that, and that was kind of my idea. Um, but get paid five, 10 times as much as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just an easy way to make extra money, basically. Right. So, so, <laughs> so what I did was I, I handpicked five teams. And I, I, honestly, I can't tell you what the other teams were, but the, the one that I thought I would have the best chance would be the uh, Atlanta Falcons, where Dan Reeves is. And Dan Reeves, you know, he, he, we go way back to when I, he drafted me. And then, and then he traded for me when I was with the Broncos. And then, then he, I became a head co- or a, a, a quarterback coach with the with the the Giants with him. Now he's now he's with the Falcons, and so I wrote a letter, and and I I mailed it to Dan Reeves, uh, saying you know that I you know wanted to make a comeback, and and uh, two days after I mailed it. I had a letterhead with my, uh, you know, contact stuff or you know, my address and all that stuff on, on the letter. Two days later, the letter came back to my house. It came out of the envelope. Mm. To this day, I always put a piece of tape on, on a letter. Yeah. <laughs> it, but anyway, so it came back and I was trying to decide, do I, do I, um, uh, 
send it again? Do I call him? You know what? And, and so anyway, the next day my phone rang, uh, at the house and I answer it and it's Dan Reeves. And, and, you know, after, you know, the initial, you know, how, how you doing and all that, um, Dan says, you know, the reason I'm calling you is you sent me an empty envelope and I'm just wondering why you sent me an empty envelope. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, coach, you know, uh, that's funny. Cause I did, I sent you a letter and it came back to me and I was trying to decide. And so anyway, uh, what, what, uh, you know, it was all about that letter is, um, I'm thinking about making a comeback. And he said, Oh, go on, Steve. I thought you were smarter than get back into coaching. I said, uh, no, I was thinking about coming back as a player. And you're how old? Uh, 44 and, and 44 and a half. <laughs> and, and so, uh, after, I mean, he, did, he, he just went silent. It seemed like five minutes, but it probably was only 30 seconds. And then he says, are you out of your mind? <laughs> I said, no, no, coach, I've been, I've, been, I've been working out, and uh, here's what I want to do. I will drive up to Atlanta from Tampa. I'll put myself up. If you will just let me do you know, a tryout and throw for you. And he said, Steve, you know, if you're going to do that, you're willing to do that. I, why would I say no? You know, come yeah. on up. When do you want to come? I said, you know, how about three days from now? He said, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go up there and I, you know, Chris Chandler's a really good friend. He's a starter. And, and uh, he's like, Bertie, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You know, I was like, they have a, <laughs> I'm here for a tryout. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, and, and, and so anyway, so uh, I do this tryout. They, they was, there were seven rookie quarterbacks, and, and uh, I mean, half the team standing there, all the scouts are there, all the coaches are there, and I put on a show. The ball never hit the ground. I wore out seven receivers. And I mean, I was, I, it was like my Super Bowl, you know, I was, so anyway, so they offered me a contract walking, walking off the field. And I, and, and uh, I said, yeah, yeah, okay. And, and said, let me take it a shower. And then Dan said, you know, meet me up in the, in the, in my office. So I took a shower, met him up at the office and, and uh, he says, man, Steve, that was, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Somebody at your age that could still throw a football like that. And, and uh, he says, uh, so, so let's, let's sign a contract. And I said, well, you know, uh, I can't right now. <laughs> he said, what do you mean you can't? I said, <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, I just got divorced from, you know, you know, my, uh, my kid's mom, I was married for 25 years. I just fi finalized a four year divorce two weeks before this workout. I said, Marsha will go crazy if she if I sign a contract two weeks after, uh, you know, our the divorce is final. I said, you got to give me, you know, two more weeks. And he said, he said, you know, I want to sign. I said, I want to sign. He said, okay, we're we're uh, we're, we're breaking, uh, and then we're gonna have a mini camp 
after the, so this was, I got divorced on June 2nd and, and this is June 17th. And so, and so they're going to have a mini camp that starts after the 4th of July break. And he said, come back and we'll, we'll, we'll do the contract. I can't practice until I have a contract right. and we'll do the contract. So I said, okay, perfect. Okay. And so, so I, I come back to Tampa and now I start thinking, and I told him, I, you know, I will do, I'll, I'll do this for the minimum. And the minimum was 375,000 back then. And uh, so uh, it gave me a lot, and I did my own contract with, with Falcons. And so, so I, uh, I had time to think, you know, about wh- what I need to have on my contract. And so, so I get there, I get back up there for this mini camp. The first thing, you know, is I got to do this contract. So I go to Dan Reeves' office, and, and uh, he's like, you know, he's like, okay, let's get this done. And I said, all right, Coach, but, but we got to cover the what ifs. You know, what, what if I play? I can't, I can't make minimum and be, you know, the oldest player in the league. And, and you know, and, and, and if I'm playing, I, I, I got to have in, incentives. And so, and he said, he said, yeah, 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 I, I agree. I agree. You know, I tell you what, Steve, I'm not comfortable doing this with you. I want you to go to have the general manager do it. And, and, uh, uh, Harold Richardson is the general manager. So I go into general, Harold Richardson's office. Now he thinks this is a joke. You know, I'm, I've been out of the league five years. I'm 44 years old. And it, it, I'm going to say, he didn't think I'm going to last a week. You yeah. know, he, didn't, he thinks it's going to be days. You know, so the first thing he says is, I can't, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't give you a sign-on bonus. That'll count against the salary cap, and, right. and he's, he's thinking I'll be there a week. You know, so so I said, okay, that's fine. Um, I, you know, all I really want is a playing incentive. You know, if I play, uh, you know, I got to get paid. So the th- the thing that happened the year before was that there were six games that uh, Chris Chandler didn't finish, and uh, they were zero for six. You know, Billy Joe Tolliver came in, and the other guys. And so anyway, so so the year uh, prior, when when a backup quarterback came into the game, they never won. So we're going to do uh, a, a playing incentive. That's a, that a, a normal playing incentive. You get ten percent of offensive plays. You get a, a backup playing incentive. So uh, so we started to almost say numbers, and I stopped them and I said, you know, hang on, hang on. I want to bet on myself. And he says, what's that mean? I said, I don't want to make a playing incentive unless I play 10% of a game and we win. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Are you crazy? I was like, no, I just want to bet on myself. And And so I had this number in my head and I let him, I was going to settle on this number. I let him go first and he's thinking, I ain't even get there. I ain't gonna last a week, and yeah. I ain't gonna make the team. There's no way I'm gonna get in a football game, and and if anything, I'll just be third string. So he throws out this number, and, and it, which was double of what I was gonna settle on, and and so then I said, okay, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's good. And then I said, so well, I want one more thing. 
if if I win four games, I'll I'll take that number. If I if I come in and win four games, but if it goes more than four, then I want that number to double for five, six, seven. You know, it's, he's, he's like, you because it isn't gonna happen. This is the dumbest thing. <laughs> anyway, so I make the team. I make second string. We go all the way to the Super Bowl. I play in eight games and won seven. I killed him. I made I made almost two million dollars in incentives. <laughs> so, uh, were you the oldest player ever to play in the Super Bowl? Because I I don't think I, I, I didn't play. I, I'm the oldest player to ever suit up. I was actually going in that game, uh, and then and then uh, Tim Dwight returned a uh, kickoff. Uh, and then they, they kept Chris Chandler in there. But, yeah, I was going to go in, but uh, I'm the oldest to ever suit up. I'm the oldest quarterback in NFL history to start a game. I started one game uh, that year. And, uh, yeah, so so that's it. So, uh, Blanda played till he was almost 50, but was he strictly a kicker late? or, or he was strictly you- special teams. Yeah, special teams aren't starters. Right, and right. The last, the last year that Blanda started a game, he was forty-one. Yeah, so I was I was uh, forty-four in nine months and whatever days, and and so uh, Brady is forty-four right now. He yeah. Turned forward just for the season, and the way his birthday's in August, so so he can't break my record until next year. So. Uh, you know, it looks like he probably will. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to. Yeah. We're all going to be, well, you might be already, but, you know, there's a lot of young fans are going to be drawing Social Security and Brady's going to get his walker out there and then tear up the field. So I know. Um, I, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I do want to ask you one more question before I wrap up with a couple of things. You, you played with, we discussed this, you played with some of the guys who are considered the all-time greatest quarterbacks. You played with Roger Staubach. Or you were on the on the team with Roger. You you know you were on the team with with Joe Montana, with John Elway, with Steve Young. May, I'm leaving some out. Who was, in your opinion, who was the best of the bunch, and why? Um, you know that, that is a great question. In in uh, all of them were great for different reasons. You know, the, the reasons that Joe Montana was a Hall of Fame quarterback are, are different from why John Elway were. And, and Steve Young is, you know, had a different style there. And, and, and I was fortunate to be exposed to those guys and, and, then, and then try to evaluate what is it that makes them unique and can I apply it to my game, which, which did help me in my career. Um, honestly, it, it is it is super hard to to pick one, but uh, I lean more toward Elway. Um, really? J- yeah, Joe. Joe was exceptional. Um, uh, J- but Joe had an amazing supporting cast. They yeah. had an amazing team, and. Uh, you know, and, and Steve Young benefited from that as well, where uh, Elway carried his team more than those guys had to. Yeah. And, 
And, uh, you know, I, 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 that's the only difference really I, I can see, you know, between those guys. And I mean, they're all amazing. There's, you could argue that either of the three, you know, would be, yeah. you know, that, that's how I feel. Any Sunday, you can turn on the TV without knowing who's going to be playing that day and see one of your former teams. <laughs> I know. So if, if, you ever, if you ever get uh, into the Hall of Fame, what, <laughs> what, uh, what hat are you, going, are you going to be wearing? Chiefs. There you go. <laughs> Is that where you had the most fun in your career with the Chiefs? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I had, you know, uh, I started at a very low point and it took me, you know, quite a while to get to the top of my game. And, and at the chiefs, I was at the top of my game and I had the supporting cast. Uh, you know, it, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it just even, uh, amazing players. Uh, it, it, it fit, you know, my, my, you know, I was, I was very good at play action and, you know, fake yeah. ball, Christian Okoye and Barry word, uh, you know, they had, they had to go for that fake and, and, uh, and we had, a, you know, my best offensive line of my career, uh, the best defense of my career and the best coaches of my career. I mean, there's so many of those coaches that are on that staff. I mean, uh, Bruce Arians was a running back coach, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, you know, just Marty Schottenheimer. People have asked me many times, who was, who was the best head coach? You know, so it goes Landry, Walsh, Reeves, uh, John McKay. Uh, uh, you know, I was, I was with Shoot Don Shula um, and Marty Schottenheimer. Who's, who was the best one? And, and I always say Marty Schottenheimer. Hmm. Marty Schottenheimer taught me more about the entire game strategies of the game strategies of the to understand the clock and how to perfect the the timing of everything you know that, that goes with that and um you know he made me a he was on the rules committee and he he made me so aware of the infinite uh details of rules of the game and, and uh yeah he was just a great great coach all right so it would be easy to say for the Chiefs or in your career, Chiefs are number one. Chiefs are number one. <laughs> Holding up the pinky. <laughs> All right. Steve, I always like to, to wrap up with this question, and you can interpret it however you want. Um, what is your legacy? My legacy um, is, you know, that I, um, I was a survivor. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, I, I think of who, who in today's game was similar to mine. You know, I wasn't a superstar. I wasn't, I was a hard working, you know, prepared hard, played hard. Uh, but, but I was, I was more like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, who's, who's a, mm-hmm. a good solid starter. Um, you know, but, but uh, you know, the next, the next, if you get a Hall of Fame young quarterback, you, you know, you're going to replace him. You know, so that was kind of me, but you know, I was just a survivor. And, and so much so that I became the oldest starting quarterback in the history of the NFL. And, um, you know, I'm just very proud that, that I did. There's so many people 
they, they, their career goes like this. And then they, you know, they get to the pro bowl level and the top level and they stop doing what got them there and they level off and then kind of their career goes like this at the end. And, um, my, mine really didn't do that. And, yeah. and, and I'm proud of that. All right. Well, Steve, I've had a blast when I first talked to Grunhart about reaching out to you. He said, you'll have fun. And, and it exceeded my expectations. I enjoyed this very much and I appreciate you, you joining too. us. Great. I enjoyed it too. Thanks for listening to Sports Connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow, and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmalebooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes. Until next time.